welcome to the Hypermobility Happy Hour podcast, the first podcast exclusively dedicated to discussing hypermobility conditions, including hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. On this podcast, we like to explore what we can do to treat our conditions to live more fulfilling lives. I'm your host, Carrie, and I've been diagnosed with HEDS, MCATs, POTS, and other related conditions. If you have questions, feedback, suggestions for future episodes, or are just looking to chat about hypermobility, feel free to reach out at hypermobilityhappyhour at gmail.com. First, a friendly reminder that this show is for informational and educational purposes only. It's not medical advice. Please consult with a professional before making changes to your health regimen. On today's episode, we're incredibly excited to have two researchers on the show, Fiona Sullivan and Danielle Humphreys, two women living with EDS and many related comorbidities who've spent many months and countless hours researching and developing an intriguing new hypothesis about the role of zinc in many chronic conditions, including hypermobility conditions and the Ehlers-Danlos syndromes. Fiona and Danielle, hello, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks so much for joining. Uh, Let's start back at the beginning. Can you uh, both tell us about how you became interested in researching EDS? So, for example, with me, Kerry, I've been researching for quite a few years now due to a major family history of symptomatic behaviour of heads. And in the past year alone, you know, you might want to put an explicit on this. I've had you know, a person die within the family of heads. And mm-hmm. I've been researching for years to find um, in connective tissue disorders um, which have the same symptomatic behaviour as heads. And then Danny started stalking me this year on Instagram. And <laughs> I had to actually, you know, message her in the end. And then we had the same publications as well. And then she was telling me all about Zinc as well, where we had correlations on. So I'll pass over to, to Danny now. Okay. And for me, Kerry, uh, uh, the same as you, I've had problems all my life, really, Um I've with allergies, um, bone type problems. So I was born with a small lower jaw. I had um, Osgood Schlatter's as a child or growing pains, as I was told um, it was. Um, And then throughout my life, I had other issues going on. So I have four children and I had premature rupture of the membranes at 25, 26, 27 weeks. And they were born very, very prematurely. Um, I then went on to have a bowel rupture um, where I've had I, I, I've had quite a lot removed, which has left me with bile acid, diarrhea and lots of other problems. Um, and then I've had lots of spine problems, uh, degeneration and bone destruction. I've now been diagnosed with uh, osteoporosis and osteolysis. Uh, so for me, um, I've also then saw that a lot of things, the same sort of things happening in family members. Um, but slightly crossing over different pathways slightly, but but generally the same type of symptoms and different things. Um, and for me, I was told uh, by my rheumatology department to, to find self-help um, groups and different things to manage the condition. Um, so what started out as reading then, um, I, I started reading quite a lot and I started noticing uh, correlations like Fiona um, and then the one day I realised that all of these pathways all include zinc transporters, zinc fingers. Um, and I thought, 
what if it's zinc? I've never had my zinc levels looked at or checked or anything else. It's never been mentioned to me. Other vitamins, yes, but I've never really looked at it. And when I started looking into it, Kerry, I could there were just lots and lots of correlations to heads and other inflammatory uh, conditions. And I think there's also something to point out there, Kerry. We both have heads as well, as you know. And we both have had like catastrophic issues as in health as well and within the family. I mean, even myself, I've had FAI hip impingement. I've had five hip, I've had six knee surgeries because of oh. the heads. And also I've had IBD, bleeding eyes, um, hypertensive crisis, which is when your stroke level blood pressure. And with all my family with heads, a lot of them had um, berry brain aneurysms, which all blew. Oh. And they had strokes because of it and dropped. So as you can imagine, we both have family history, which led us or became more determined to find out the causative effects of heads. And EDS is a spectrum. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, first of all, it just to, you know, point out, I mean, what you've both been through is just so incredibly troubling and, and difficult and um, you know, I'm so sorry you both have had to experience that, um, you know, and it's so inspiring that you've taken your own personal suffering and tragedies and, you know, we're really inspired to figure out what you could do and, and you know, to, to read and research and reach out and what you've found is just, you know, incredibly exciting. I've, it, it, it's, it's already, you know, been a huge eye opener and made a difference for me. Um, so let's talk about your current project, researching the role of zinc in human health, and particularly when it comes to treating hypermobility. How did you come to develop your current hypothesis, and what is that hypothesis? I'll let you go first, Danny. Okay, well, I mean, for me, I, I've been studying, like I said, um, the, the different spectrums, if I'm honest, Kerry, because at first I was diagnosed um, with fibromyalgia initially um, and I went away to read the literature and I kept reading it thinking it is but it is just not quite there's more you know mm -hmm. um, I, I'm really bent like the bendiness and then one day, one day I came across Ellis Danos syndrome and when I read it I thought that's it that that mm -hmm. is it um, that's what's wrong with me so again uh, back and forth to rheumatology and then and then genetics so um, I went to genetics I was diagnosed with heads. Um, they were convinced that I had classical EDS, if I'm honest, but I was actually diagnosed with heads. Um, so it, it's gone on from there. So then I started reading um, because, again, I've got problems. Like I said, we, I've had allergy problems all my life, uh, POTS symptoms, and now my children are affected um, with different, again, varying, varying degrees of different things. So my, my one daughter has two leaking valves and, uh, on, the, on the left um, and has had lots of mast cell problems. She had hives for nine months straight, bless her, uh, oh. at one point, uh, which was very traumatic for a carry because she just couldn't sleep. She was so uncomfortable. They were weeping. They were sore. School was awkward. The, the, the creams that they were prescribing her were very greasy. And so the, 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 you know, the clothes and the bedding and things, she found it really distressing if I'm honest um so so we've you know I've experienced quite a lot with with all the family my, my sister on the other hand has got um Addison's disease for example um so and she has lots and 
And I can see features in, in her children, like Marvinoid features and things like that, Kerry. So interestingly, I've got Marvinoid features, but I'm quite short statured. Um, but I've still got some Marvinoid features. So there's a, there's a crossover is, is what, mm -hmm. what I believe, you know, it, a varying level of degree then uh, mm -hmm. in, in different things. So when I started looking into it, like I said, I started seeing more and more um, I, the word zinc in everything. Um, and I thought, we, we, we don't have sort of, um, I, we know about iron, if you see what I mean. Um, mm -hmm. Iron is well established in human health. Um, but I've never really heard of zinc. You know, when mm -hmm. I've done, I've never been, I've never seen it in a blood test or, or, or looked. And when I then started looking at zinc deficiency, uh, um, the first thing that stood out to me was, was things like wound healing and things like that, which again are quite common in EDS. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yes, the, the more I read, if I'm honest, Kerry, um, I, I just started seeing correlations with, with all the different things. Um, my hypothesis um, with it really um, is that we're all ultimately um, on a varying degree of zinc deficiency. Um, mm -hmm. caused by various different factors so um, because lots and lots of things can cause a zinc deficiency as we as Fiona and myself have found out that there are lots and lots of processes that can affect it um, for just inadequate intake for example now I mean we've spoke previously about uh, today's dietary factors for example you know we eat a lot more processed foods these days mm -hmm. um, that, than we did uh, prior to that uh, and a lot less nutrient intake the other thing we found for example with zinc is um, that certain things can knock it out so for example um, malabsorption uh, in itself is a problem of, of any nutrients isn't it if you see what I mean when you've got a mm -hmm. malabsorption syndrome so zinc would obviously be one of those um, we found that phytic acid which is in quite a lot of things um, phytic acid again, uh, is a problem uh, because it it, co it causes zinc deficiency. So in and I think other things as well, Danny, like stress as well and surgery and burns, that can also you yeah, know, create zinc Yeah, there's lots deficiency. and lots of things, that's what I mean. So increased demands, for example, like Fee said, so surgery, traumas, infections, um, they're all, if you've got increased urinary elimination, for example, so in a condition like diabetes or renal diseases, um, then severe burns because the skin is a barrier for the immune system. Um, and again, it, it, zinc deficiency is seen in severe burns patients. Um, then, you've, like I said, you've got your malabsorption syndromes and um, the uh, bowel diseases are very, very well noted in connective tissue disorders. Uh, very, very well noted, uh, such as inflammatory bowel diseases and, and bowel dysfunction and pancreatic dysfunction. All, all these things are all seen. Uh, within the connective tissue spectrums of disorders. Um, heads particularly, like I said, I, I believe that heads is, um, like I said, a spectrum of disorder, the same as chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia. Mm -hmm. I think they're slightly different causes, uh, as in whether it be a virus or a tick bite or um, a chronic inflammatory response, response to something like, like we see in, in uh, gluten, for example. Mm -hmm. chronic inflammatory response to something that then um, causes a zinc deficiency what, what, now when you're actually zinc deficient Kerry what we found is um, 
the damage that is being caused by the thing that's causing you zinc deficiency in the first place can't be repaired because you need zinc for the repair processes. So it then becomes a perpetual cycle of, a, of chronic inflammatory inflammation then. Um, so yeah, we, we've looked into lots of things, haven't we, Fee? Lots of, lo all the areas of, that are associated uh, with hypermobility spectrum disorders. And even like when you look at heads, Kerry, for example, so when you look at like the heads criteria, okay, and you look at some of the symptoms and criteria, for example, hernias, that runs in so many different types of connective tissue disorders. Polycystic kidney disease is one of those, okay? Mitral valve prolapse is seen in polycystic kidney disease, and it's also seen in heads. You know, so when you look at the symptomatic behaviour when it comes to the heads criteria, you start thinking... There's many diseases in one there. And then when you start mm -hmm. looking at zinc deficiency and how it affects pathways, cell regulation, gene regulation, and it's also about the basics as well. You know, when you look at vitamin and micronutrient optimization, metals, minerals, you know, they are crucial for us to have um, our bodily effectively, you know, I mean, if you look at, for example, like vitamin D, if you're vitamin D deficient, for example, you can have symptomatic behaviours such as anxiety and depression. But with vitamin D, the VDR receptor for vitamin D. So there are a lot of people in the EGS community, especially there, that have recurrent low vitamin D. You know, there are other like vitamins affected, aren't there, Danny? Yeah, definitely. I mean, vitamin D is seen in the uh, vascular EDS, the deficiency in that, for example. And again, vitamin D is actually quite prevalent in the population, um, even in countries where people are, have adequate exposure. Um, so obviously there must be an underlying cause for that was, was some of the things that we looked at, Kerry. And, and again, we looked at, so for example, in countries that have high sun exposure, um, there's a high basis of grain-based foods, which are high in phytates. Well, it was proven there's work out there by somebody called A. Prasad who looks at them, who, who went to work um, in a village and found that a lot of the children uh, had stunted growth and, and uh, lots and lots of different problems. Um, and the only thing, again, they could find was that they were zinc deficient. And after supplementation, the symptoms started to rectify and they actually started to grow, Kerry. They grew taller and things. Wow. So they grew 15 centimetres, I think, in, in, within a few months after being supplemented. They were also eating pica, uh, again, not in the soil. So I, I, I hypothesise that that's potentially that they were looking for, uh, their body was actively seeking certain nutrients. Um, because I, I've, I personally have craved foods, for example. Um, when I'm unwell and things, I tend to crave certain proteins. It is uh, I, I crave like eggs. Um, mm. which, so we've, we've looked at all different things. And some of the other things we found is um, the, the content in the soil of zinc from, um, has changed with evolution. So consequently, the content of the zinc in the foods that we eat it is then mm -hmm. is then changed because uh, the content of the the vegetables and the grains and things we eat them, but also the produce that we eat. So you know, uh, beef, chicken, like cows, cows. Yes, the, uh, the the produce that we eat is also can be grain fed. So so consequently, they're not getting enough of the of what they need. 
so the the levels of through of zinc as well when we've looked at the ranges for serum um the blood tests are actually an unreliable marker um it's well noted that they're unreliable because they can be affected by so many things so uh, the blood tests can be affected by uh eating food for example uh stress exercising uh pregnancy medications they can also affect them there's lots of medications which can be affected um and i know that fees got quite a lot of information on on the medications that can be affected uh by zinc yeah i mean like um there's something called the bnf over here that anyone listen to this to go to you know a medical professional when it comes to any medications they carry um mm -hmm. but you know one common example is iron okay they both compete. And, you know, when you look on something called the BNF, which is what doctors use to prescribe and pharmacists, it does state that it can deplete zinc. OK, so oh, wow. this is another thing that needs to be looked at as well, because it's actually really important that we're looking at everything, i.e. food, down to medication, to the environment, to actually understand why are we all vitamin deficient? It's a basic form. And that's why zinc is pivotal. I mean, me and Danny believe that zinc is the main regulator, don't we? Yes, Danny? definitely. I mean, our in evidence indicates, Kerry, that zinc runs all the other, the other vitamins or has involvement. It has involvement in so many processes in the human body, um, which it, it's like a big puzzle, if I'm honest, Kerry. That's all has to be pieced together. But it has involvement in, in as he said, the vitamin D receptor. For example, it also has involvement then with the B vitamins and folate uh, because it's involved in the homocysteine cycle. Um, again, we know that homocysteine, um, the MTHFR gene, which has been associated with connective tissue. Um, mm -hmm. Again, that's part of the homocysteine cycle, which again is, is mediated uh, with, with zinc. So uh, homocysteine, again, I've done a few posts uh, because I have an Instagram page, as does Fiona, uh, where we post a lot of information like this that we found just medical papers just for people to read for themselves of, you know, the information is there, Kerry is the point. We, we've, we've just read, we've just been reading. It's all evidence-based, the theory that we've got. Um, but all, all the publications are, are readily available, aren't they, Fee? Thousands, I mean, they're, they're completely readily available. I mean, there's absolutely thousands when it comes to, you know, like zinc alone and micronutrients and vitamin deficiency and psychiatry aspect, what it can do, you know, when you're deficient. And then also it's in cardiology, nephrology, like rheumatology documents dating back about connective tissue and inflammatory disorders and low zinc in the 1980s in publications. Wow. Which is like nearly yeah. 42 years ago now, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. which is a long time. Mm -hmm. And, and yet, it's readily available by going on to these uh, medical publication websites, which people all have access to, including, you know, medical professionals, patients alike. And I think it's about advocation there again, there, Kerry, because, you know, a lot of people will go and look for their answer, especially in our situation when we've had catastrophic events. Because we want to understand it more. Because being expert patients, you learn knowledge as well. Mm -hmm. And and for me, I mean, you, with you saying that, Fee, for me, it was I. I mean, I have or I'm under 
on the autistic I have autistic spectrum disorders uh, in some uh, neuro yeah I, I have so when I for me I it's like it's, it's like a puzzle and I could see and I could piece together Kerry all these things through my life and I didn't see these things happening to other people you know my friends and things I had yeah. all these issues and I couldn't understand why and over the years uh, again because of the uh, the autistic spectrum disorder I I actually seem to take a lot of information in. Um, I seem to retain lots of information. And I've remembered all those things over the years, Kerry, uh, all through my life of different things that have been said to me by doctors and, and different things that have happened. You know, I, uh, the pains and the, uh, you know, having to try and deal with it. So for me and Fiona, we've both been through this as well. You know, on, on a daily basis, it's severely affected our lives. So we have a we have a, another understanding as well, don't we? If, you, if you're experiencing something on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it drives you more as well. It, it makes you more determined to find the answer, you know, and, you know, from that point, especially when you have family in similar situations and you've had yeah. these type of events, you want to just try to protect anyone else from them experiencing the same thing. That's the best thing. Mm -hmm. And you want to help the other medical professionals out there trying to find the answer and that's why we've given our you know information out there to a lot of medical professionals to say hey you've got to look at this it's really important now and they've okay. a lot they're, they're actually quite intrigued aren't they Fee? yeah i mean people that we spoke to are very intrigued because some of the things we've shown them yeah um various uh, different professions yeah they're very different there's varied professionals who are really interested and when you look at the basics of zinc deficiency the first classic one is delayed wound healing um kerry mm -hmm. classic example that we all suffer from with the eds aspect mm -hmm. and you know when you speak to medical professionals and you're sitting there and you're explaining all this you know they a lot of them the majority appreciate it a lot because they're like i didn't know this but i'm learning thank you very much and we have to remember we're all human at the end of the day as well. Doctors to patient, we have that one thing which is common, you know. So none of us know everything in that sense. And, you know, we have to learn at some point, don't we? Yes. And, I mean, in the UK, um, zinc isn't really tested in, in a primary care setting. I, iron is tested, but zinc isn't really tested. So that if it's not looked for in the first place then you wouldn't realise that there's an issue, is my point, um, mm -hmm. because it's not tested. Um, however, like I said, iron is, and we've we found other, other symptoms, like like uh, Fee said about the delayed wound healing, susceptibility to infections, compromised immune system. Yep. Now, again, we, we all tend to have issues like that. Uh, skin symptoms, uh, we can get eczema, dermatitis, those type of things. Uh, again, all all linked into it. Even things carry like dementia, depression, as 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 Fee said, uh, are all linked because of the processes that zinc is involved in. It's involved in so many processes throughout the human body, um, and unfortunately, like I said, the the blood test that is currently uh, looked at as the biomarker is not an accurate marker and that's well documented in the literature it's not a reliable marker so so for people who are going to have a blood test it's not re it, it can be affected like I said by a lot of different things um, the other thing with the blood tests and, and that people need to be aware of is that there's actually a ratio between the metals so zinc and copper have a ratio for example iron has a ratio too um, 
so the and the ratios are actually very important between the two so uh we we found correlations then haven't we fee with ratios between collagen yeah there's a there's a ratio between collagen one and three and we have checked uh with people from the ellis danos society um who confirmed that the ratio it currently isn't checked between the collagen ratio between one and three for example mm. So, so we've looked at, like I said, lots and lots of over the years because we've all been so differently affected then, I think, Carrie. Uh, and I think and, we uh, all have one common goal as well, Danny, that we have to say. We're, you know, we put out our research there to like help everyone and have a final resolution, if that makes sense. What I mean by that is give the information to the medical professionals as well so they're aware so then they can start doing their checks as well. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. We're not there to work against people. We're there to work together. And at the end of the day, if it gives people EDS answers, then that's a positive step, you know? Absolutely. Definitely. I mean, that's what we all want. Um, Yeah. I I mean, from my point of view, when Fee said about driving you on, I don't want to see my children go through the same things that I have. Mm -hmm. The the premature babies and and, uh, gastrointestinal ruptures. You know, I don't want to watch that happen again. I mean, so if that can be prevented, um, then then that's great. Like I said, so but the information I mean, we have is, is is seems to be quite overwhelming, doesn't it, V? Sometimes when you look at the information, you're starting to guess that there is thousands of papers, Kerry, absolute thousands. And you know what? Like um, Danny was talking about her experiences, and Danny can confirm this. A couple of weeks ago, my eyes started bleeding, as I told you earlier Kerry right yeah and I got to a point saying I said to myself I said all this are there I need to try zinc I said because the way everything is going with my health and looking at my family if it means I have to try it myself if it means it will help others because that's the main important thing for me so that's why for example I tried the zinc with um a medical professional agreeing to it. Yes, yeah. that's why, I, again, I do say always go to a registered medical professional in order to get nutrient optimization and vitamin optimization. And the mm-hmm. benefits for me, as I can only talk about my personal experience, yeah, huge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when your eyes are bleeding and then it completely changes, you're like, wow, I'm making progress, you know? Mm-hmm. And, in the last couple of weeks alone, I mean, I probably, I did a post on Instagram showing, like, for example, the size of my knees. I think mm-hmm. everyone's seen that now because I've had a lot of responses back. And mm-hmm. I wanted to show the difference and record it because, like Danny said, um, when it comes to cohort, i.e. like publications on once you get to vitamin optimization, I think what happens, there's not many in that sense for EDS or people like that. So I thought, I've got to start recording it down, writing down everything. And within three weeks, my right knee, which has had the six surgeries on, has returned to near enough normal without any pain medications. It's just with the zinc. The other thing we should mention there, though, is that you have um, looked at your dietary factors. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. also the aspect is the Mediterranean diet. Okay, so I've removed things such as sugars, um, preservatives, additives. I've got, I've went back to basics. Okay, I mm-hmm. think as patients, 
we have a responsibility to understand our nutrition, what we're eating every day and what we're putting in our mouth every day. Because in a way, like Danny said, she came out with the quote, you are what you eat and you don't see monkeys going up to McDonald's to grab a burger, do you? <laughs> and, you know, no, I... Yeah, exactly that, Fee, because we're... we're... We, we're not designed to eat the, the foods that we're eating today, in today's society. Mm-hmm. We're not, um, you know, uh, all the processed foods and, and everything else, all the things, the additives that are put in them to preserve them. We're not designed. Um, and I believe, like I said, all those factors cause inflammation in us, uh, a mm-hmm. varying degree depending on you, depending on your exposure to other things like, you know, how many times whether you're exposed to viruses at a young age, whether your your mum was zinc deficient herself when you were conceived because deficiencies are known to, to pass on to, to the mm-hmm. child. Um, so lots of different things. If you were exposed, if you lived in an area with high pollution, you know, again, if you smoke, if you drink, consume large amounts of alcohol, all these things obviously have an effect on you, you know, um, because we're not designed to have those things in our body at the end of the day mm-hmm. ultimately we have uh you know very very close dna to primates and like fee said no monkeys if, if you look at the, the the lifestyle of a monkey and the diet uh, all those different things for example even with um, certain species of monkeys uh the information i've seen is that they only um they only mate at certain periods which is after the rain carry because then the crops from the ground are full of more nutrients so that's when they try to conceive wow that's fascinating so which again goes back to my, what i was saying about um the quality of the nutrients in the soil now and the food that we're eating and the produce um i don't think we can we we get enough we, we make some people may consume enough but it's the bioavailability of it and then when you add in things like medications because a lot of people take medications mm-hmm. yeah so you're actually as Fee said, knocking knocking that out, even with an iron supplementation, they both compete for the same metal receptor. So if you're over supplementing with iron, you're knocking something else out. Zinc and copper, there's a ratio between the two. If you over supplement with zinc, you will cause problems with your copper, which is again why we keep saying you should speak to a registered professional uh, mm-hmm. regarding this, because you need to have those levels and those ratios checked. But zinc is involved in so many processes throughout the body it's multi-systemic which is exactly like heads and chronic mm-hmm. fatigue and fibromyalgia and and even long covid now as we're seeing emerging carry because we've seen cases haven't we see lots of long covid patients saying that they've caught ehlers-danos syndrome because they're becoming hypermobile carry wow and then if oh. you think of long covid as well a lot of yeah they're reporting is low zinc and low vitamin D. And when you think how zinc regulates vitamin D in long COVID... It would make sense. The same as if you think about the 80% of the population with vitamin D deficiency, even with areas exposed to sun. Again, if they haven't got the right zinc content and the VDR receptor isn't working correctly, then they're not going to absorb that vitamin D correctly. We were talking about the gym, wasn't we, Danny, and zinc? Yes, yeah. Um, things like over-exercising, for example. Again, that's an increased loss if you're sweating it out and you're not replacing it then. So when you've got an increased requirement, if you think, Kerry, you've got every day you need enough zinc just to run the body and the processes. 
that that happen in the body Mm -hmm. if you've got an increased requirement like pregnancy or excessive exercising or extreme stress or uh, a virus like covid then you need more the zinc processes need more because it's got an increased requirement there you could have increased losses like i said so that needs replenishing um and in our experience and the the things we've seen it doesn't seem to be so even if you take it in a multivitamin carry um again they would that would hinder absorption one probably because of the iron for example in it as we said they mm-hmm. both have the same receptor now, plus the additives that are put into them uh they, they all hinder the absorption then um of, of the zinc so it's about the bioavailability of it, I believe. And uh, like I said, in, in today's society, I don't believe our bioavailability is because of the foods we, like I said, and the culture that we live in. Even things like working nights can deplete your zinc, Carrie, because it changes the circadian rhythm. Wow. And zinc is involved in the, if, if you can, again, all, all of this is readily available if you just type it in, zinc deficiency and circadian rhythm, uh, covid all these different things whatever whatever you want to see they'll call publication website it's free to view for anyone and that's why like we do the posts it is a readily available publication that anyone can view you know yes yeah Mm -hmm. the information is there to read um in in these medical journals and that's literally what we've been doing isn't it for for years is just reading medical journals and and, and reading the difference between things We've been doing it and correlating it. And like I said to you previously, Kerry, about the symptoms, things like hernia crosses over, things like polycystic kidney disease um, and other type of connective tissue diseases. So heads is a classic example of showing that process. And then when you actually look at it, you know, when we get back to basics, when we go to clinics and that, the question I ask is, is how many people are asked what is in their fridge? How many people are asked for what they eat as in dark have high information levels? You know, that's, mm-hmm. that would be a basic point to start with. And even uh, like... And you, you sorry, go. Fee, I was just going to say that one of the things that we should... I mean, Fee and I have both been patients for years. So we, we understand the cycle, carry that people that, that you get into of not feeling very well and then you don't eat correctly mm-hmm. because you don't feel very well. So it becomes mm-hmm. easier, easier to order some food in, for example, or to make something quick and easy. Um, but the nutritional value of it then for what our body needs is, is very, very low. So ultimately, it's, if you change the ingredients of something, I, I've got a few analogies, I think, Perry, with it. So it's like a car then, for example. If you don't put the fuel in the car, it won't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the human body is the same. You need fuel for the body to work. It needs certain nutrients and vitamins for certain processes to work. And if those vitamins, are, uh, the balance is off, because even in vitamin excess, yeah, but if, if you take too much of a vitamin, again, toxicity causes a problem. So there's a fine balance. And I believe the balance here is, is off, if you see what I mean. Between, all these balances are out. And zinc is involved in all of these processes. But it's not even looked at, which I find you know, it's something that should be looked at then if it's affecting these processes, like vitamin D. It's definitely something that should be looked into further. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And this is incredibly fascinating. And I, I find it 
it's so uh, this is it's so much to take in and i've heard <laughs> you know this before and it's there's so much that's you know just incredible about your story you know first of all i think you know being diagnosed with fibromyalgia and having that suspicion of like oh this is kind of close but this isn't the whole picture i think that speaks to a lot of patients you know with hedds yeah. are given that fibromyalgia diagnosis first and kind of think well but what is fibromyalgia you're just describing this state of dysfunction like what is actually causing it and yeah. you know there are different theories out there and everything but um it's so it's so amazing the time that you both have put in and you know the passion that you have to have your families and the people around you and, and yourselves um you know not suffer in the way that you have and you know danielle i think it's so amazing that you have used your um you know neurodivergency as a kind of superpower in this context to retain all of this information because i have to admit you know it's the when it comes to the receptors and some of the you know scientific parts of this it's something i really have to think about a lot and read about and you know i don't retain it um nearly as well as you have and just your your dedication to to testing this hypothesis i was so impressed when we spoke you you both encouraged me to go out and search in the journals and search for any condition i could think of and zinc deficiency and so i i felt you know empowered to do that you've kind of you know democratized your hypothesis and you know put it out there to the community and you have this great transparency and posting about it all the time and i did i i searched you know conditions that i heard others having and you know whatever i could and i kept finding it myself and i find your posts just so interesting and so informative and like you said all evidence based and evidence that goes back to the 80s there's a long history of this research and you know i was shocked too because here and there you'll hear mention of zinc sometimes as something to look at but not nearly i mean you really hear about vitamin d vitamin c um you know iron obviously as you mentioned and and so i you know i was shocked too that this you know i you i think you encouraged me to look up the number of results for when you search um iron versus zinc and i think um zinc was like 10,000 or something and iron was like 4,000 and i can't remember what the results of that was but um it was just incredible to think that there might be this overarching um nutrient that has so many effects on so many you know other nutrients being able to be absorbed and you know potentially has this really or i guess well documented in the evidence like this widespread implication for you know virtually all of the body's processes so this is just utterly fascinating i think it's important because like you know like you evidence based and you know we've shared that um openly with the medical community openly with the patient community as well and like i said previously we are there to work with them not against because everybody wants the same solution i.e the doctors, charities, the patients, they just want answers. And that's, you know, what we're trying to do. And let's be honest with ourselves here. You know, how many people have their vitamins and their minerals, metals, micronutrients checked? Mm -hmm. It's not often, you know. So how can anyone truly know all their levels is in optimization, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I, definitely, I definitely agree that patients and the vast, the majority of organizations, um, you know, we, we, we have a shared goal, um, but I guess part of, you know, where I, I wonder if, 
you know, part of why zinc hasn't received the attention that it deserves, you know, based on what your hypothesis is showing, um, there's really a strong vested interest in developing very expensive pharmaceutical solutions to our problems. And so I guess maybe I'm not so hopeful that, you know, everyone in the space, all the, you know, the patients, I think, you know, and, you know, some like the HMSA does some, you know, great work. Um, you know, you know, there are sort of organizations that I, I do think um, are really, you know, oriented towards patients' best interests, but, um, you know, and, and particularly in the U.S., but I think really globally, having this strong interest to develop new drugs and new pharmaceuticals that are patentable, you know, I wonder if, you know, personally, it seems to me like way too much of the attention is going to those kind of moonshot, um, you know, pie in the sky kind of, you know, potentially um, lofty discoveries that can make a few people quite a bit of money. And if not enough attention has been paid to going back to the basics in the way you both have done so effectively. So I think there's another thing that I'm going to say there as well. So when we um, basically ask people about zinc, okay, i.e. be it patients, i.e. be it um, doctors, the majority you know, we're not aware of it and I think when mm -hmm. it comes to micronutrients and metals as well Kerry there does on a level need to be a re-education because people need to get back to basic and understand mm -hmm. where do they get all these vital like vitamins micronutrients from you know what competes against one another I think that will be a big benefit because, you know, if the majority of people haven't heard of it, then there certainly needs to be a re-education as well. Mm -hmm. I yeah. mean, even Danny will say that as well. The dietary factors, for example, the foods, exactly that, that, well. the foods that zinc is found in. Kerry, they're not foods that we that, that the, no, most of the population eat on a daily basis. For example, mm -hmm. steak, shellfish. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know many children who eat that every day. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I think most parents have uh, struggled to get their children to eat, you know, uh, basic foods, never mind mm -hmm. foods, foods on that on that scale. Uh, so the dietary factors, like I said, and in, in today's world, there are so many fast food chains on every corner, Kerry. Um, mm -hmm. Through the pandemic, for example, um, people were ordering lots more food in because they couldn't go mm -hmm. out. Um, mm -hmm. And all these factors then, like I said, the dietary factors... They, they lead to chronic inflammation J just overdoing things like I said I we're, we we are designed to have certain levels of certain nutrients and certain foods like I said if you look at other popular other species like other primate species they, they eat certain foods and again it will be geographically where they are too the foods that are available mm -hmm. to them so again, in our world now, we import and export lots of foods from different countries, whereas, you know, around the world. So diets, are, um, certain diets are, are for certain cultures then, carry. Yeah. So you see certain foods are eaten in certain cultures more than others, for example, mm -hmm. don't you? Um, so again, those all influence these factors. And, and as those foods are becoming more worldwide, they're obviously causing similar issues then. Uh, throughout I mean some of the theories we spoke about previously Carrie I think um, I said to you about populations such as the Jewish population Carrie seems that they have certain diseases um, now I've spoken to I spoke to Fee about this in yourself in that um, further in their ancestry 
they had they they had food um they, they were neglected of food and certain things those people probably still reproduce though carry ultimately and and those things are passed on um and the same as vitamin deficiencies they they are passed on to the child if mm -hmm. it's then not rectified because if you live in a family you eat the same foods as your parents so mm -hmm. if the if the mum was deficient in the first place, that indicates that she's probably not eating a diet that's got zinc in it, which would then indicate the child wouldn't eat those foods either because they're not introduced to those foods. Mm -hmm. So so you again it, it can become uh, so when you see these diseases, some of these things in families, maybe it's because families tend to eat the same sort of foods. They they were brought mm. up on those foods, for example. Um, again, al alcohol is a well-known, you know, uh, inflammatory agent, isn't it? Lot lots of people have problems with alcohol, whether it be allergic reactions or inflammation um, and deposits from it. Uh, mm -hmm. So, and again, we, you know, it's a regular part of social culture, drinking alcohol. It, mm -hmm. It's a regular uh, smoking as well, uh, not just tobacco, uh, but smoking itself, uh, it's so a lot of people now, um, obviously, we've come across, haven't we, Fee, lots of the, the use of cannabis, for example, carry well. Again, if you're, if you're using cannabis but using it with tobacco, again, you're, you're ingesting things into your lungs that you shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. it, it's, a, you know, the same, it's a, it's a pollutant in the air. And again, there's well-documented cases throughout the world of, of the problems of pollution, whether it be in the soil or the air. Mm-hmm. Um, so you wouldn't willingly expose yourself to them, um, but but we still do. Is my point um, of lots of different things. So, but all these things ultimately have an effect. And from like we said, we challenged you to go go away and have a look at zinc deficiency in any disease you want, really anything you want. And and it does it. We we think it's the master regulator. That that's the hypothesis. We need it, and we don't get it. Um, like we should it's not bioavailable or the content in the th th the things we're having these days has reduced because of things like climate change mm -hmm. because the quality of the soil is poorer because of the drier continents and uh, the lack of rain so the soil content then the crops um the crops are not as good the crops then become a prone to infestations carry when in dry mm -hmm. conditions so mm -hmm. an infestations of mold and things which then again we would ingest those or they're stored for months, our grains, for example. They can be stored when, when they're cut and, and, and things like that. So those in, things ultimately mould, you know, uh, lots of mm. things go mouldy. Foods go mm -hmm. mouldy, you know. And again, if you think about... Uh, An example is like cheese. So, yes, yes. you know, some <laughs> particular cheeses have mould, right? But mm -hmm. people, you know, will move out of a mouldy house, but they'll eat a mouldy cheese. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. it, yes it's, it's an example you know but when you look at it from that extent you sit there and you think hold a minute so you, you know like, you'll move out a moldy house but there's a moldy cheese there that you're going to eat what's that going to do yeah mm -hmm. i mean molds and things are used in antibiotics for example well again mm -hmm. one so one one the antibiotic kills the other bacteria but actually, it's one bacteria killing another. So, so we're being exposed to that bacteria too, ultimately. They're, they're bacterias. Uh, but like I said, maybe that's why it's not that we're becoming more resistant to penicillin. 
it's that, like I said, it's the bacteria we're being exposed to. We're we're developing less immunity to it because our immune systems are waning. And definitely after COVID, um, a lot of people, the long COVID community, again, they're all describing symptoms that a lot of us, Kerry, have have had for Mm -hmm. for many years. Mm -hmm. Yeah like the chronic fatigue symptoms and like I said now we've seen cases of the hypermobility and when you look into COVID again zinc is mentioned throughout yeah it's mentioned throughout with COVID uh, mm-hmm. because it causes a deficiency and and the deficiency process then I mean all the processes that it's ultimately involved in um, in COVID this it affects everything again um, and it can account for all the things that are happening in COVID. I think what's important is people need to realise that z- there are no stores for zinc in the body. So you need to have it every single day. It's not whereas like have, iron. It's not like iron. So whereas we have iron stores, so if you don't get enough iron one day, you can you can take a bit from your stores. We don't have that with zinc. So ultimately, you need to, you need adequate zinc every day for optimum function of the body. So if you're not getting that, and you're not replacing it, the body can't fight, uh, it can't mount an adequate immune response, but it also can't repair the damage that's been caused by the, by the, uh, by what's causing the inflammatory response. So it then mm-hmm. becomes a vicious cycle and, and, Absolutely. and a perpetual state. But I yeah. mean, I must admit, I mean, me and Danny um, can only talk about our own personal I mean, we've been both on zinc, okay? And, you know, Mine was through a medical professional. And like I said, I mentioned my knee earlier, okay? But I had GERD, acid reflux, mm-hmm. IBD, gone. Absolutely wow. gone. Wow. Brain um, fog has gone. I even tested my um, mechanic my hand because I was having carpal tunnel issues. And I could flip a coin quite easily when I couldn't do it before. Wow. You know, that's incredible and good for you for tracking those things. And like you said, like the post about your knee, like showing that change. I think, you know, this is it's it's so important to be able to track our symptoms when we're making changes to see, you know, what what's helping, what's impacting what. And I know I was really struck after hearing about your research and speaking with you. I went out and looked at the dietary sources of zinc, too, to see where I was falling in that, um, you know, when it comes to getting zinc. And, you know, like you mentioned, the the main sources that are listed on most sort of dietary resources are um, oysters uh, and shellfish, um, red meat, and then pumpkin seeds. But I think you'd have to eat really quite a lot of pumpkin seeds to get a daily value. I think that was one of the lower percentages. And I was just thinking, you know, this is, this these are really hard to get into your diet for a lot of people for different reasons. And so that really um, struck me and, you know, kind of thinking about, you know, how, you know, oysters have sort of long thought to have um, health properties, you know, and like sort of in traditional medicines and um, sort of folklore. Um, And it's, it's, that's just absolutely fascinating, but obviously, you know, as we're talking about, it's just not practical for most people. And, and there's challenges with oysters and shellfish, like you're talking about with the food supply, like, I understand that they can be aggregators for mercury or other heavy metals. So even if we all had, you know, an ocean side, you know, oyster shop right next to our house, like that wouldn't necessarily be a great alternative. And I, I really appreciate 
how both of you talk about the balance involved in all these things. And I think that's something we've kind of profoundly lost in our, you know, current human culture. There's really no balance. Like you're talking about, you know, a lot of people socially are, you know, using alcohol and tobacco. These things are big parts of the culture, cannabis. Um, and I think that speaks to how in distress people are, you know, people have used these things for hundreds, if not, you know, thousands of years. Um, but it does seem like, you know, the stress of the pandemic, the, you know, the isolating factors, the, the kind of pace of modern society, um, that it's, you know, people are not feeling good. You know, most people I talk to have some kind of chronic health condition. And, yeah. Terry, and just to add another thing to that, if you think of the current climate, the economic climate, people can't afford rich mm -hmm. nutrient food as well. Mm -hmm. So especially if people with EDS can't work, because a lot of people can't, okay, mm -hmm. and they rely on very low minimal income, that's mm -hmm. why they end up on, you know, very, well, non-expensive forms of food. And that's why mm -hmm. a lot don't get their micronutrients and their vitamins as well. And, you know, even in the UK, with the cost of living going up, gas, mm -hmm. electricity, people may have to choose things, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's being realistic here. That's the open point here. And like I said to you before, there needs to be education with vitamins and you know metals and minerals that totally does because you go and ask the average patient you know where do you get vitamin k from where do you get zinc copper from you know i can mm -hmm. probably guarantee you a lot will not know if they don't have mm -hmm. a dietitian or a registered medical professional right mm -hmm. so there needs to be a complete re-education in that front and then there also needs to be an understanding that you know with the current economic climate people are going for cheaper options because they're having to choose, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's a scary place to be. Absolutely. It's exacerbating those inequalities and those health issues even further. Um, and that, you know, you made, you made a great point about the zinc and copper, and I'm learning about that ratio. What are the dietary sources of copper? Um, because I don't know. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, for me, um, off the top of my head, very quickly is raspberries, for example. Um, mm. They've got copper in. Um, yeah, interesting. And again, raspberries are, um, are good for an, as an antioxidant. Um, mm -hmm. They're also good for uh, estrogen, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so again, uh, we need to be looking at the foods which are, are doing things like that for us rather than eating things which are high in sugar. Um, mm -hmm. The other thing we should actually mention, though, is this is where things become quite interesting, look, Kerry, in, in depth, is because when you actually become zinc deficient, it knocks out other processes, i.e., um, it then has an influence over the leptin receptor down the pathways, which mm. in, in studies that we've looked at, there was, a particular, there was a study we looked at in particular, for example, that said that rats, um, they were, once they were made zinc deficient, they were given the choice of all foods, all food sources, proteins, carbohydrates, etc., and mm -hmm. they naturally uh, chose the bad food, basically, Kerry. <laughs> wow. Naturally. That's, yeah, that's incredible. And it makes sense. It's like when we're not feeling well, it, it's a common thing to reach for those comfort foods, you know, the things that just sort of make you feel uh, sort of your... your Give you a dopamine know. rush, for example. Yeah. The same yeah. as smoking does. Yeah, it gives you a dopamine rush, which again... Zinc is that if again if you go away and look, zinc is actually involved in dopamine production. So, so if you're zinc deficient, again, you, you're trying your body is trying to fulfill that dopamine in another way. 
Mm-hmm. And in a less healthy, less yes. um, in the way, nourishing that, way that it recognizes that you've used before, for example. Totally. Yeah. And that even get, makes me think about like, um, you know, all the different kind of dopamine overstimulation that we have in our culture, you know, um, Instagram, watching, um, you know, television, all of those things yeah, yes. are dopamine hits. Yeah. And so it, you know, it makes sense that we gravitate towards those things that make us feel better when we're not feeling well, but it's so important to have this context. That they all and I have think... consequences is the point. Mm-hmm. So the blue lights mm-hmm. shifts the circadian rhythm, which again affects cortisol. And again, mm-hmm. th- there's a knock-on effect of all these different things. Um, I, I think another analogy I've said on a few occasions is if you think about a cake, carry, when you're making a cake, you, you use certain ingredients. So you use self-raising flour, you use sugar, you use eggs, you, you know, all these things put together. But if you change, for example, um, the self-raising flour and put plain flour in instead, mm-hmm. then you'll still get an edible cake, but it doesn't rise because this, in anything in science, if you change the input, then you will change the output of something. So, mm-hmm. so we're making these changes all the time you know by adding different things in and out people think they're doing the right thing by taking supplements for example i personally think all supplements should be regulated because again i don't want people um who who think that they they should go out and take zinc now what they should be aware of is again if you take too much zinc you can actually upregulate t-cells if the balance is not mm. correct so you can cause cancer in yourself so to me you shouldn't be able to buy that readily without mm-hmm. consulting a professional about it and about the effects and, and the other things that you're taking the other medications um, but vitamins like i said um again multivitamins they 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 on the evidence that we have like i said for example iron and zinc in a multivitamin the iron's going to win every time mm. Um, and then, like I said, and then you haven't had your daily amount of zinc because you haven't eaten any oysters, carry or steak. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the body doesn't have any stores to use. So then those processes become affected and change slightly. They make substitutions to try and keep things going. Um, but ultimately, they don't work as they should. So that's so interesting. And yeah, it's such an interesting question about regulation. There was an effort to regulate supplements in the U.S. Um, some decades ago. I'm now I'm blanking on exactly when it was, but I know it was quite a while ago. And I think it was like the most um, like backlash-producing, um, you know, alleged or proposed regulation possibly ever. People, you know, wrote their Congress people in droves. Don't take away my supplements. And it's such a tough balance, right? Because um, you know, many of us do research on our own and, and find these things and we want to have them available. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of people just don't have, you know, access to, you know, good quality physicians, good quality healthcare. you know, and you were even talking about the issues with checking the zinc test that those can be so um, wrong. And so, you know, for, for different reasons, because they can be impacted by, um you know, they're just not sort of precise or, or maybe not as precise as like the iron or some of the other things that have been around a long time. And so, um, yeah, it's such, you know, in an ideal world, they would be well-regulated because I know one of the other issues is a lot of supplements don't even contain, you know, the same ingredients or the same amounts as what they say on the bottle. So it's really 
buyer beware, like you don't really know what you're getting. And like you're saying, if it's something that has the potential to be um, encouraging cancer in your body, you really should, you know, know exactly what that is and know that that thing is right for you. Um, but it's, it's almost like, how, how do you get there from here? It's almost like, you know, it's sort of I, in the US, at least it's like, it's kind of hard to imagine, um, you know, it would take almost like a, a new division of an agency or, you know, a new kind of collective effort, um, you know, and so it's, uh, it's, it's a great point. And it's like, you know, in an ideal world, I definitely, um, you know, think that would be, uh, you know, best interest and to have them regulated for, for what the actual thing is and, and to make sure that it's, you know, supplements are going to the people who need them. And, you know, also in the chronic illness community, I think a lot of people, you know, there's, there's some exploitation when it comes to supplements, you know, there's some really expensive supplements that are, you know, from, you know, what, what I've seen that look to be pretty similar to stuff that's more inexpensive, but, you know, there's marketing and branding and mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. And so, it's just, uh, it's so, it's so fascinating and yet kind of endlessly frustrating because there's so much that needs to be done. And like, you're talking about this, this new kind of a re-education um, and, and going back to the basics and, and hopefully your research will be a catalyst for some of those kind of changes, you know, for, for patients to, you know, to take a position of informed consent and realize what they can do to, you know, potentially address their health and, you know, ask their doctors for these tests and kind of bring that awareness, you know, to the forefront. Um, and, you know, hopefully kind of us all banding together and investigating these things and, um, you know, pushing for a, a better, safer, more effective system. Um, and that's, that's really in, in society's best interest, you know, to have these things being treated for what they are instead of like, like, what you said about the substitutions really spoke to me, you know, you're not, you're not getting dopamine because your body's not functioning properly or other kind of functional neurotransmitters. And so you reach to the things that, you know, in the past have given you even subconsciously kind of reach for those things like the comfort foods, like the rats um, or, you know, other substances, that kind of thing. Um, and when you were talking about substitutions, it really made me think about how epigenetics works and how there's like, you know, genetic changes and substitutions happening when, um, you know, environmental factors, toxins are acting on us or stress or, or different things like that. And so it's just, it's fascinating to think about, you know, if you're deficient in that zinc, cause you're not getting your daily oysters and steak and pumpkin seeds and who among us is, you know, that your body's gonna kind of plug in those gaps with things that are gonna be, you know, way less effective. And then I, I think your cake analogy is, you know, a really great, you know, simple one that virtually everyone can relate to. It's like you said, you can make a cake without self rising flour, and you'll get something that you can eat, but like, it's not going to be, um, you know, the same kind of cake that we're all kind of looking for in, in a cake. And so, um, yeah, wow, it's so much to take in. And it's just, it's so incredibly fascinating. And I'm just endlessly impressed at how knowledgeable you both are and how you've, you've kind of, you've gone through the work of almost trying to disprove your hypothesis in a very, you know, you've looked for, okay, what am I missing here? You know, looking at the big picture and it reminds me of the Karl Popper quote, which I'm probably going to get wrong, but it's something like um, pseudoscience proves science disproves. 
Um, and so you've, you know, you've gone through and tried to look for alternate explanations and, you know, like tried to keep looking. And I think you even described that experience of thinking like, how, how can it be that something like this was missed um, by the system? So you're, you know, looking back over and trying to figure it out and, and, you know, encouraging others to look into this for themselves and share with you what they find. And what you've come up with is a very robust hypothesis. Your website is incredible. It has so many great studies and resources and, and we'll include links to, um, to your website and to your both of your Instagram pages. So, um, you know, other people out there with these conditions can follow along with you and, and read these articles and, and join, join the conversation. And I think that's just, it's so incredibly empowering. It's, you have just such an incredible story. The two of you are just so lovely and you work well, so well together. Um, it, it's really incredible. Um, and you've both been promoting and discussing this hypothesis, like we said, on social media and in real life with doctors. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what that process has been like and how your hypothesis has been received by experts in the field of hypermobility and other individuals living with these conditions? Um, for me, Kerry, I, uh, the social media part I find quite traumatic. <laughs> <If I'm honest. laughs> it's not really me look I, I don't um I don't really like the the doing things so fees fees great with stuff like that so when she said I stalked her when I realized <laughs> when I realized all this I knew I knew I had to speak to somebody who understood what I meant if you see what I mean and, mm -hmm. and lots of lots of patients with EDS chronic fatigue fibro are all at different um different stages and levels of mm -hmm. where they're at in in what they know about it or what they've come to find out so so when I came across the uh because as she says because of the algorithm um, <laughs> I um I thought this lady sort of knows a bit more a bit more in depth about the pathways and things um and they and again I knew that obviously I'd already been through all the pathways like she had but then I went back through once I realized about the zinc stuff I went back through all those pathways and, and found all these different correlations about the processes that zinc is in, involved in. So um, I knew I had to, I didn't know how to tell people, Kerry, if you see what I mean, um, how, to, how to express it because I've done all the reading and I find it really hard to get things out there, um, like get it down on paper. One, because mm -hmm. I've got bone destruction and things. That's, that can be a, a barrier as well for me a lot of the time if my hands yeah. and my arms are really bad. So, yeah. so I find it hard. So um yeah so poor fee i mean we've spoken for hours at length to be fair <laughs> hours it's about four to five hours per day at least it um, has been yeah for, for months now for months, months. We've been... and we've been in rome together shared a hotel room together we did traveled a plane together <laughs> we've been on trains together it's like some Let's contact Star um, Stanford today. Let's contact Harvard today. She's Let's like my mum, Kerry, and I just, I just, <laughs> she's like my mum, and I just, I just do as I'm told. <laughs> I just go okay, and then I just do as I'm told, and then yeah, like I said, I mean the zinc thing for me, obviously it is, is to do with my neurodivergence in that um, once I became it, it I, I, re I've really hyper focused on it basically, and the more of a puzzle I could see the more intrigued I became if I'm honest Carrie is it because as you've seen mm -hmm. it's so intriguing mm -hmm. it's just and it, it's just but so far-reaching I will um, this as well uh Danny. I'm back to um Kerry's question about how is like the medical 
professionals taken it or reacted to it. And I think, you know, there's been quite a few, um, you know, amazing people that's actually really supported us and actually took the time, sat down. Yeah, I'd, I'd say overall, overall positive, really. Yeah, yeah. overall very positive. Because I mean, again, even like with my rheumatologist, you know, um, he saw all the evidence and when he, you know, heard about my bleeding eyes, he goes, let's just try the zinc. The evidence is there. He goes, you clearly had recurrent inflammatory issue, put you on the Mediterranean diet as well. Um, and you know what? I haven't looked back. And that just goes to show you when you get the right medical professionals that listen, that can be a huge turning point in medicine, Kerry, because it only mm-hmm. takes one person to change it. Mm-hmm. Only one person to get it out there. And, you know, we've been on conferences and everything. I mean, I've lost count how many conferences we've been on now, and how many emails we've been sending. But I reckon there's a good... Thousands of doctors know about this now, and medical professionals. They do, yeah, they do. And like I said, and a lot of very, very intrigued and, and looking themselves because, like I said, we we ultimately wanted to put this out there because people should have access to the information if it's there. If if they're not aware of it, Kerry, then they're not going to look at it. Is the point? If your doctor mm-hmm. doesn't know anything about zinc, then he's not going to look at at what happens if he's zinc deficient. So he's not going to test it. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's very, like I said, it's been very, to me, um, There, there's thousands of evidence on it, but it's never been pinned down because it's, as you said earlier, it's in 10,751 results I got for it, for zinc. Uh, when you type in zinc into gene cards, which is a, a, a multi-site, I'm not, I'm not, um, promoting gene cars is just something that I've used personally but Mm -hmm. they they use a lot they have a lot of links then to other uh, sites like Uniprot and things like that Um, but when you type in there and you type in zinc again it comes up the first thing 10,751 when you type in iron it's about half that. Another thing I will say Kerry is um, that we're actually writing up like a hypothesis literature review because a lot of uh, medical professionals have been asking for it so that's become our priority because the thing is, when you look at zinc deficiency, it's in every single area. When you yes. look at medical publications and you need to basically pull it all out and put it into one. Try to explain things like, you know, EDS and the spectrum, okay, like polycystic kidney disease in relation to zinc into the EDS aspect. So when you mm-hmm. look at things like that, you have to pull it all out and put it onto one paper and you know, that takes a lot of time and process because of how many areas in chronic disease are affected with zinc deficiency. You know, it's not you know, one thing, it's everything near enough. It really is. It's yeah. in every single process in the body. It's in every single enzyme class for any medical professionals listening. It's in, it's in used in all of those. It is also in, well, it is literally in everything absolutely everything is affected by zinc in some way or another even if it's in a cascading pathway because it's affected for example it affects um, molecular it affects angiotensin converted enzyme it affects collagenase it affects protein kinase c it it affects carbonic anhydrase the list is endless alkaline phosphatase it, it is involved in all of those things, which again, even just those, it's involved. The what did we see? Fee, uh, what's one of the papers? One hundred and forty-six genes are affected, yeah, and twenty-seven transcription, transcription factors. factors. The transcription factors alone, one of them being the VDR, but the androgen receptor is in there, yeah, which affects progestogen, 
for example, then you've got um, the estrogen receptor itself is in there, that's affected, and and so on and so forth. Like I said, the, and and that is in that is on the paper on my website, uh, the tw- the the link to the twenty seven genes, uh, twenty seven transcription factors, and one hundred and forty six genes. Sorry, as is the VDR paper, and we've actually spoken uh, with the the person involved in the VDR paper, haven't we, Pfi? Yeah, and I would say as well, everything that we've talked about today has all come from medical publications. It has, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, it's, that's all that we can say. You know, that's come from physical medical publications, which is available to medical professionals and any patients that want to view the websites. Yeah, you know, or, so. or if anybody wanted anything in particular, we, we've got thousands catalogued, haven't we, Fee? Of, I of... mean, even your website lists them all there uh danny you know on your particular website as well yes there's quite a few on there i yeah. mean there's not so much uh like i said there's yeah there's a good basis there on that website i mean it again i didn't know when to stop kerry if i'm honest <laughs> i could i could have gone on and on forever but i also knew that nobody's going to read a, a, a book then mm-hmm. as it would have been because so you can imagine how do you set it up you can imagine mm-hmm. a process for us currently kerry when we're trying to do a hypothesis and literature review when doctors are requesting it, you know, to look further into research with it, you know, it's taken us a lot of time. I mean, we've been working like eight, nine hours a day on it right now, on yeah. top of a normal full-time job for me as well. And when you consider that you're trying to put the whole chronic disease into one paper due to zinc, it takes time, you know. Mm-hmm. And hopefully once it does come out, it will give people further clarity and actually, it's on one paper rather than having to go to all different areas, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, a basic overview is, is something along the lines of um, exposure to, to viruses and bacteria like, and ticks and things like that. Yeah, they're going to cause a deficiency and increased requirement because the other thing to be noted is everything in life needs zinc, even bacteria and viruses. They're zinc dependent too. So, uh, oh. so is plant life. Yeah, I think my like plant that. showed it, didn't it? Yeah, again, <laughs> for anybody who goes on to Fiona's uh, Instagram page, and I, I think you've seen it, Kerry, um, mm-hmm. Fiona did a little experiment in work. Um, I, I did a little experiment at home first. I added some zinc to my strawberries, and now I have huge strawberries um, about to flower. The leaves are huge on them, and, and Fiona did the same with your your um, employers. I think it was near enough dead, dying. Yeah, it was near enough. It was black. The leaves were were basically yellow, and it just came back to life. And now I have people coming to look at it near enough every day. <laughs> <laughs> In work. <laughs> so again, but proving the important things about like the soil qual- quality. Then, for example, um, the the plant itself obviously needs zinc to work, um, and mm. so on and so forth. The same with us. Like I said, we. All the if you look at any disease, like I said, is heavily prevalent in COVID now, for example, zinc deficiency. But the point is, we need it every day. So supplementing for two or three weeks and feeling better, and then stopping, is not going to help. For example, um, there's a paper, isn't there, Fee, about um, the lady who was uh, it was clinically anorexic or malnourished. So uh, a lady who was malnourished. We've got a paper where she was 24. Uh, diagnosed anorexic, poor dietary factors, um, ended up in the A and E having a heart attack. Um, oh gosh! And uh, she was uh, kept in hospital. Uh, she, the only thing they could find wrong was her zinc status. So they started supplementing her with zinc and putting her in a, 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 a you know more of a diet, better diet in uh, in hospital. 
subsequently she was released home where her dietary factors again uh, went back to the old ways uh, poor dietary factors um, and her GP actually told her that she could stop the zinc two weeks later she ended up back in the in, in, in the ER with heart attacks again they then put her back on the zinc and, and back on a stricter diet and two years later um, the paper says that there's no evidence of any scarring on the heart at all no evidence of a heart attack ever that it's remodeled the heart back Kerry wow yeah that is wow. truly incredible so yeah wow to me when there's papers like that available yeah that is truly incredible like you said and I mean we've got thousands of papers that implicate zinc in the vascular system that's amazing and uh, again just I I'm you know in awe at what you know, you both have been able to do and you work so well together, you know, you have different, um, you know, complementary skills, but this, this shared goal and this shared interest, and it's, it's just so great to see, um, you know, people living with these conditions, you know, investigating them for themselves and, and working on this, this is, you know, incredibly inspiring. Um, what are your next steps in your project to raise awareness about the role of zinc in the body's many processes including building and regulating connective tissue. I think it's really our hypothesis, really, isn't it, Danny, to get it yeah. out there, the literature write-up. And once yeah. the literature write-up gets out, then it will give a better clarity for the medical world about how zinc affects, like, connective tissue and so forth. Yeah, because, I mean, again, zinc zinc is a bit like uh, a bit like Ehlers-Danos or uh, hyper. Uh, these disorders that we have fibromyalgia in that it's multi-systemic mm. so so you only look at if you're researching if again me and Fia have talked about this for example if you're a rheumatologist you probably more than likely look at papers medical papers and journals in your own area less mm -hmm. than less than maybe other areas for example mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, that's I understand that, you know, doctors are very, very under pressure and, under, you know, under lots of things. But for me, again, it's a multi-systemic thing, as is this. So all areas should be looked at. And that's maybe then where that because that's kind of what I've done because of all the pro different problems I've had, i.e. gastro, premature babies, um, spinal problems, you know, all varying different things, really, aren't they? If you see what I mean, um, mm -hmm. varying different mechanisms. But they all ultimately seemed, you know, I can link them all back to the same thing, which I haven't been able to do that with any other process or mechanism, Kerry. Um, but I can with this. And, and like I said, I said you to go away. I've told every doctor I've spoken to to do the same. And, and every other person, we've said to them, go away and look for yourself. Just type in whatever your issue is and type zinc deficiency at the end. And you will mm -hmm. find multiple articles and then once it's you true. Start, I've it, looked. Yeah, <laughs> it is true, isn't it? it? Yeah, it is. That's my. And, but that's what I mean. There is just thousands of literature available. Thousands. So uh, it, it's a, a huge process and a huge task then as well to figure out all the, like I said, the ten thousand seven hundred and fifty-one things it is potentially involved in from the results on gene cards. That's mm -hmm. a hot, a lot of interactions. To, Absolutely. To look at. Yeah. Uh, and, any slight changes in those, like I said, can affect, and, and depending on you, your environmental stresses. Like I said, if, if you live in a high-stress household, you know, um, which, can, which can mean lots of things, really, can't it, Kerry? Financial mm -hmm. difficulties, ch difficulties with children and families and, you know, all different mm -hmm. scenarios there. But ultimately, high-stress households and then, all, 
you know, dietary factors, all these a combination, I, I believe it becomes an accumulative process look, accumulative damage, slowly building up little bits, exposing ourselves to things which we shouldn't, you know, on a regular basis. We don't resolve that inflammation and it just gradually gets worse and worse and worse. Over and I, I think our hope, Kerry, is, you know, from our... We've given the research to the medical professionals and patients have seen it. And you know what? We're all working together. We know yes. We're not working against and, and anyone. We just want the best patient yes. care and the quality of life for people with, you know, conditions like EDS. And that's what we're just trying to do. We're trying to work with people, not against people at all. Yeah. And we have mm -hmm. spoken to patient-led groups as well, for example. Um, we've spoken to many different organizations regarding this um and like i said they're all very intrigued they're all waiting to because like i said it is such a it's not something you can just sum up in an hour or two it really isn't mm -hmm. because As you can tell, so, <laughs> well, like i said maybe we we have looked at trying to do it in in different areas haven't we fee but it ultimately look kerry they all come back round to the same they all keep coming back round to the same processes and um and and same things involved and uh implicated in this i.e like inflammatory markers and things yeah um yeah. like yeah like interleukins and yeah inflammation again we all know of the problems with mast cell problems with eds and hyper and mm -hmm. not just not just eds you know um ultimately i mean celiac disease is an is a a reaction an immune reaction you know the, the they're all immune responses by our body so our body's mounting immune responses on a daily basis to lots of different things. But like I said, depending on you, what you eat, where you work, your working hours, your stress levels, all these things then affect your pathway is, is mm -hmm. what I believe. Uh, but ultimately, like I said, they all uh, zinc is the, the to me is the missing link. It, mm -hmm. it helps all the other vitamins work. So if, if you've got symptoms of vitamin D and you've got low vitamin D, then it's not rectifying with being supplemented, then there's something else going on. Again, we've looked at, you know, Fiona's looking at, uh, she's been supplementing herself, like a, like she's described, yeah? And she's noting certain things, aren't you, Fee? She's yeah, I mean, even my sacralitis has gone. My Raynaud's has stopped. My uh, vasculitis aspects of the Raynaud's, as in HSP, Henningstein papyrus has stopped. So when wow. you add up all these things, you know, my blood pressure's returned to normal. My pain's near enough gone, okay? My inflammation's gone down. Just by changing my diet and going on to zinc, my meds have gone down dramatically. This is my own personal experience. Everyone has to go to their registered medical professional. I state that multiple times for that mm -hmm. reason. Because what, it's tell important. them what meds you were taking, though, Fee, because you've stopped taking everything, haven't you? You're just li and, and your rheumatologist told you to stop taking everything, by the way, no. you should say. No, no, no. So right. let's just clarify that then. Okay? Yeah, that on. was done via primary care. So from right. the primary care point, because as you know, in the UK, you go for your main long-term aspect of primary care. So I'd went to them to say, right, you know, my particular, um, I've been taking zinc, everything's starting to regulate and they have to take you off in a specific way, which is why they need to go to a medical professional. When mm -hmm. I originally started it, I had to stay on my medications because of the risk of things like the hypertensive crisis due to the stroke level. But mm -hmm. when I took my blood pressure, Kerry, I was like, this is the lowest it's ever, ever been, like in normal range, 
you know, wow. you sit there and you have to keep retaking it. You're like, this isn't normal. Yeah. And then even, like, my GP was like, this is a bit strange. So you're telling me zinc did all this. And then she looked it up and she couldn't see a lot about zinc, you know? Mm. So that's what I mean about the re-education aspect. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's important when you are taking new things, you know, a medical professional that's registered is watching you is analyzing the situation and also they work in line like your consultants with primary care okay so you know that's why I'm always saying with vitamin and micronutrient optimization it is a fine balance like Danny said it really is and I mean even in different labs Kerry where you go for your blood test the, the the range that they can use for zinc can be different so in one lab, you may be marginally mm-hmm. deficient and the other one, mm-hmm. you, you wouldn't be, for example, because it mm-hmm. depends on the range they use. And that is that is a worldwide thing as well. The range is different in different countries. So, yeah, I came across that as well, actually, because I had a copper result that according to one company would have been normal and according to another company would have been abnormal. And so I started, um, you know, like digging into it and I asked the company if they could you know, that ultimately did the test, if they could provide the data of how they arrived at their number as being, or their range as being appropriate, and they wouldn't give me the information. So I thought, well, that's kind of strange, you know, what's this number based on? And so they said they could only give that information out to the actual um, provider's office that requested it. So I went to the provider's office and I said, could you request this data from the testing company. And they said, well, we've never done that before. No, like we're, we, we don't, we're not, it doesn't matter to us, you know, like, and so I was shocked because I'm like, I still don't know to this day, like what a lot of, you know, companies here have used to determine, well, what yeah. is healthy, what is normal. And then you start to look into it and you're like, well, it seems like it's at, at least up for, discussion within you know some limits and stuff and then but if you yeah think i found about, that interesting if too. you think a bit deeper into that as well then kerry and the further implications that would mean then that the ranges in studies that have been conducted could potentially be you know you may they may say that they weren't deficient in some studies but actually they were for example hmm. because of the labs that were used so depending on the ranges that that particular lab in studies have used right may, like if the population is largely deficient and you're using that deficient state as the baseline you're kind of already potentially behind yes, the, exactly. the eight ball so to speak yeah that is that's so fascinating and just w- one last question and then I'll, I'll let you go because you're both working on such amazing stuff you know and I know you have to get back to your research but which forms of zinc are the most bioavailable according to your research I mean I thought it was really interesting to learn um, that a zinc supplement should not have magnesium or magnesium stearate because that's potentially competing for absorption. So that that really opened my eyes. But but what has been what does your research indicated are kind of the best best forms for people who are zinc deficient? And again, and you both done the disclaimers beautifully. Um, as an attorney, I can say you know did an amazing job saying don't just go out on your own and. Um, you know, start treating these things, you know, get your levels checked, talk to your doctor about your specific needs, your diet, you know, whether it's a nutritionist, your primary care, like whoever it is in your region of the world where you are. Um, But have you, you know, do you have thoughts on what are the most bioavailable forms for for most people? Um, For me, it's the purest form you can find. So with nothing to hinder anything else, Uh, like you said about magnesium, 
the citrate in there. Uh, and as a, a multivitamin, for example, may hinder it. Uh, the other thing to be aware of is, I mean, there's certain forms. Our evidence indicates, see, Kerry, that certain forms may be better for different things, different processes, because they may mm. target different processes. Um, mm. But certain forms are tolerated more uh, by humans. So, for example, picolinate for example, is um, the amino acid form of zinc. However, it's not very well tolerated by humans. It makes them quite sick. And again, that's something that people, um, if it's not going to be tolerable to people, i.e. if they get severe side effects, carry, likely people will stop taking it. Mm -hmm. And again, it, if they're being sick, again, they're, they're getting rid of things in their body. But um, it does, picolinate does um, have the quickest effect. My, is what my research the, the things that I've read on on this um mm -hmm. like I said but the tolerable factor um is more a different a, a different form which is sulfate is better absorbed through gastro um but again the form of it things can hinder absorption so um it is indicated to take it last thing at night before bed without anything else prior to it for a few hours uh so you don't hinder absorption and then the repair process the processes of, of the body obviously work overnight um so i assume that that's what the literature indicates is that it's more optimal at night for example rather than taking it in the day so again some of the studies where they've tried supplementation the limitations that it doesn't say for example carry when what time of day these people took it whether they mm -hmm. took it with a meal you know or things that could have hindered absorption Mm -hmm. So, so for me, there are there are too many variables then that could have affected mm -hmm. the absorption mm -hmm. for that study. Whereas, if the studies which show an actual actual deficiency, if you see what I mean, you you can see the, the information is all there. But like I said, for for us, I mean, this is where we want the professionals to come in as well, Kerry. Yeah, because mm -hmm. again, they need to be testing things like, oh, you know, these things that are done in clinical trials is to see which is the best absorbed form. Um, and based on, like I said, the information that we've already got, I do, I do um, think that there are variables. And like I said, I do know that there are different forms which are better for different things in the body. Um, so I, at this, at the time, at this time, Kerry, I wouldn't like to give say to anyone a specific type, mm -hmm. depending mm -hmm. on on their on them, if you see what I mean, because it mm -hmm. could be that a certain type is better, a certain form for for what they're pre predominantly suffering with. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't want to comment too much on that. Like I said, I have got some of my own thoughts, but I, yeah, I'm still, again, still lots, I'm still learning, Kerry, because there's just so much you can learn is the point. Yeah. So, and I really appreciate that, you know, th that nuanced way that you're presenting, you know, this information, it's, it's not like you're saying, oh, this is a, you know, a cure-all that it's going to, you know, like, you know, and you're not selling a product or something nope. like that. Um, but you're, you've really done, you know, an incredible deep dive into this literature and, you know, are bringing what you found to, like you said, to medical professionals to hopefully do some, you know, better studies with more detail on, you know, exactly what protocol is being studied for what condition and what context and, and, you know, getting patients to, to get involved in this and to have their levels checked, which, you know, it's definitely, it's not common to look for here, you know, in the US either, and to really work with professionals who understand those ratios and, you know, can try to 
hopefully, you know, get you to a, a better state of balance. I think that's such, you know, getting back to balance and getting back to basics, I think yep. is just so important in general. And you've both like, you know, highlighted that beautifully with your work and, and this hypothesis is incredibly fascinating. And I, I'm excited to, um, to see what the future um, reveals. And I'm, you know, incredibly excited for your, for your paper. Um, yeah, it's really, really inspiring, amazing work that you've both been doing. Thank you so much. Oh, no. Like I said, Carrie, for us is, you know, we, we just want to help everybody, really. Um, mm -hmm. Everyone, perhaps including medical professionals, charities, working with everyone, not against them. Yeah, you we know, we've got, help we've, everyone. we've got mm -hmm. full transparency here with everything that we found. You know, we, we just want to make, you know, if, if, if it will make people feel better, then, mm -hmm. you know. For me, for example, the paper about the heart remodeling, Kerry, it resonates with me because my daughter's got heart valve issues. Do you, do you see my point? So um, mm -hmm. for me, I want to know more about this, which is why I've been looking. When I started reading, I've looked at all these areas because, like I said, my daughter's got heart problems. I've had bell problems, premature babies, allergies. My sister, my mum's got vitiligo. Um, I've had aneurysms in the family there's cancer in the family there's all these you know all these terrible things that happen to all these people and surely there's you know there's reasons why and if there's something that can maybe help that or prevent it or or you know ways that we can prevent that surely we want to do that for everybody you know Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Fiona and Danielle, for all of your hard work and research and for taking the time to join us today and, and tell us about your work. It's so much appreciated. Oh, thanks for thank having you, us. Take care. Uh, yeah, you too. That's all for this episode of the Hypermobility Happy Hour. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye.